Welcome to episode number 66 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. The title of this podcast has been all along Quality Christian Living. The idea behind that is that we should prosper, that we should live abundant life, that we should be overcomers. Matter of fact, more than overcomers. That God's Word tells us that we can be successful, happy, joyful, be at peace Christians. So the topics that we're covering deal with the areas of a quality Christian life. We've been in a series on finances now for quite a few months, but in the months to follow and hopefully years to come, we will be taking on topics like how to have faith to believe, how to deal with generosity and understanding that generosity will bless us. I've discussed in some of my writings the issues that we dealt with during the Vietnam War, so I want to talk to veterans. And we'll be talking about various aspects of Christian living, dealing with a quality life, an abundant life, a a life that's just quite frankly filled with joy, that's unspeakable and full of glory. Now, some may feel that that's a little bit gushy and a little bit too over-expecting of our Christian life, but I don't believe that at all. I believe God wants us to live a prosperous life. So I've taken on in this last few months, and of course, we're going to deal with that today, the topic of living a financially prosperous life to experience prosperity. So we're going to get into that in just a second, but I think we should just pray and ask for the Holy Spirit to guide us. I pray now for your wisdom and direction, Lord, that you would guide this teaching, that you would help those that are listening in to receive something very special from you, Lord, from your word. I submit to the Holy Spirit now for guidance and direction in whatever we cover, and I'll thank you for a great result, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, getting back to today's subject on prosperity, this title is kind of an unusual name. So let me first tell it to you and then explain it to you. Prosperity or bust. Another way to say it might be prosperity or else. Let me clarify a little bit on that area. Today's title has to do with an old statement that I heard many, many years ago when I was in school. This title reminds me of an old saying called Colorado or bust. This statement came from the Colorado Gold Rush in the mid-1800s. Since that time, the words or bust were associated with hitchhikers who were trying to get a ride from one city to the next. They were basically saying Los Angeles or bust, Las Vegas or bust, meaning I'm going to get there one way or another. Somehow I'm going to get there. They would hold up a car, these hitchhikers would, and it would say California or bust or whatever. Their plan would some way get to where their destination was or their goal. This phrase simply meant, I will get there one way or another. Whatever it takes, I will reach my destination. Now, you may be wondering how this applies to a teaching on prosperity. Well, I'm glad you're wondering because I'm going to try and explain it to you. You see, for some, their only goal in life is to prosper. Financial prosperity is it. They want success in making money. They put 100% of their time locked on to the idea that they will prosper financially, whatever it takes, whatever the cost, whatever I have to do. These misguided individuals will cheat or lie or manipulate others in order to attain their goal of prosperity or bust. Now the Bible addresses this in 1 Timothy chapter 6. I'm going to be reading a few verses, just a couple, from the New Living Translation in 1 Timothy chapter 6 verses 9 and 10. Now I know that I've used this in prior 
sessions, and I've talked about various aspects of the scripture, but because today is focused entirely on prosperity or bust, meaning people will do whatever it takes. It doesn't matter if they have to do something illegal or turn against a friend or a family member or literally take money out of somebody's account. They'll do whatever they have to do in order to be prosperous. It reminds me of a young man who worked for the bank the same time I did many years ago. We were both probably in our mid-20s, and this guy just didn't feel that the bank was paying him enough money. So he decided he'd just take it. He was going to prosper or else. He knew that prosperity or bust was his goal in life. So what he did was he found retired people, mainly single ladies whose husbands had passed away, and he found that their accounts were what we call inactive, meaning that the people hadn't been making much activity, deposits, withdrawals, or any transactions on their account, so it became very, very inactive. When that account was like that, he kind of thought, well, they don't need the money anyways, and he would take the money. Now, he was a bank employee. He would take the money out of their account, and he would transfer it into his account. Now, I wasn't saying that this was a very smart man because that's probably one of the dumbest things that you can do if you work for a bank and you want to steal money from a person's account. As soon as they find that there's money gone in the one account, they'll track it down to see where it went. So this guy was taking money out of little little ladies' accounts, moving it over into his account so he could go out and live the big life and he could buy art and a nice car and live in a nice place. Well, as you can imagine, sooner or later... They found him. He got caught and he went to prison. He was willing to do whatever it took to be successful. So his philosophy for life was prosperity or bust. And that's what this scripture will talk about. Now, in the context of what I just told you, the story, that's a true story about a man that I knew very well. He was, we were good friends. I had no idea he was doing it. And then one day I found out and he literally went to prison for many, many years. So let's read that scripture now and see what Paul was saying and how Timothy was being taught how to properly handle finances and trying to be successful. This once again is 1 Timothy chapter 6 verses 9 and 10. I'm reading New Living Translation. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped. You see, prosperity or bust means the temptation is there, they accept the temptation, and then it says they're trapped. They are completely caught up in it and they can't think of anything else to do but to do whatever they have to do to become rich. It says they are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. This young man went into ruin and destruction because of his prosperity or bust attitude. He lost his family. He lost his job. He lost his career. He wound up convicted of a felony which carries a lifelong track record for him so he could never be bonded and work in a financial institution ever again. So his future as a banker was over. And it's just amazing to think that people become so wrapped up in prosperity or bust that they'll do whatever they have to do in order to get that money. Verse 10 says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierce themselves with many sorrows. When I read those words, true faith, it reminds me of what I've taught about in the last few weeks on the subject of true prosperity. True prosperity is when God blesses us financially, and the blessings that we receive 
are based upon his teachings and his word and the financial prosperity that we have is a true one. It's a proper one. It's a righteous one. And it leads through our life to the eventual true riches of heaven, which is spending eternity with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So think about that. Listen to that scripture. You can read it again and again and again. And remember, there's, there's a word of caution. There's so much wisdom in this, these verses that warn us of making mistakes. Now, some may say, well, I wouldn't rob a bank and I wouldn't take money from a little old lady and all those things. And I'm sure that you probably wouldn't. But then there's another group of people who long for prosperity. Prosperity or bust. They start to cheat on their income taxes. Now, there's another topic, another subject that brings up another story. The other day I was talking to a man. We'd become friends. And many years ago, maybe 20 years ago, he had a business and he wasn't reporting his profits because he didn't want to pay taxes on it because he wanted to make more money and become richer and richer and have what he called financial prosperity. Well... He didn't pay his taxes. Eventually, the the IRS, the Internal Revenue Service in America, decided to go after his finances and discovered that he had almost $800,000 in past due taxes. And the fines and the penalties on there would haunt him for the rest of his life. Now, here he is many years later, still making payments on that and will make payments the rest of his life because of his desire to prosper quickly And the old saying is, prosperity or bust was his God, was his goal for life. It was the only goal that he had, he said. And he says he knew it was wrong. He knew it was completely wrong. But he did it anyways because he was trapped. And when he said the word trapped, it reminded me of this scripture. Because I thought, that's exactly what happens when people get wrapped up, get caught up in the idea that they're going to get rich regardless of what it takes. And that is not how God wants to bless us financially. As we move on in the subject of prosperity, let me just make a statement. Prosperity can have many designations. We can prosper financially, which is the main topic we're talking about now. We can also have prosperity in our family and have wonderful relationships with our children, with our brothers, our sisters, our mom, our dad, our relatives, and just have a great time of prosperous relationships. Matter of fact, let's go into just relationships. I believe we can prosper in our relationships by being kind and generous and giving to people. And as we give to them, we'll prosper in our relationship. There's an old saying that says, if you need to have friends, you need to be friendly. Well, that's the premise. In order to receive something, usually we have to give away what we want in order to receive it back. You know, prosperity can happen in our marriage. There can be marital prosperity and that's awesome. My wife and I have been married now 54 years. Now I know that probably is twice the age of most of the people listening in today, but nevertheless, we have been blessed and have prospered because we put the Lord first. We put the Lord first in our giving, first in our prayer life, and always go to him for guidance and directions before we make any decisions of any type of substance. And I think that's important. Now, my favorite though, my favorite designation of prosperity is called spiritual prosperity. Now, I have done podcasts just on spiritual prosperity, but I do need to say a couple of words about that. When I pray for people to prosper financially, I first of all pray that they'll prosper spiritually. And the reason I say that is because I want them to be prepared spiritually in order to receive the financial prosperity coming into their lives. An additional comment on that. 
You see, if we're prepared spiritually, it opens up our spirit to God's word so that when we read things like don't guarantee another people's loan, we receive it and we understand it. Or when the Bible says something like don't go out and get into arguments and disputes and those kinds of things. It says, if that starts, then settle the dispute quickly. And when we've grown spiritually, then we'll realize, okay, I don't want this argument to go on or this disagreement to go on. I want to settle it quickly because when we settle disputes quickly, our mind is clear and our productivity goes up. So we will be blessed. When we're more productive, we'll be more prosperous in our work and all the things that we put our hand to. Now, the Apostle John wrote about spiritual prosperity often. He wrote in 3 John 2, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Now, John believed in prosperity. He believed in it so much that he believed that our soul should prosper, that everything that we do should prosper, and that everything we put our hand to should prosper. And I believe in that teaching, and I'm thankful for the words that we read written by the Apostle John. Let me ask you this. How often do we think about our soul being prosperous? So I know this is a teaching on prosperity or bust, but Let's make sure we understand that our soul needs to prosper in order for us to prosper financially. The Bible teaches us that our soul is the only part of us that goes to heaven. Now, when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, our soul begins to prosper. Now, as we read and understand God's word, our soul continues to prosper. And the more we draw closer to God, the more our soul prospers. So if you want to prosper in all areas of your life, then draw close to God, read his word, and pray and seek his face. Now over the past 30 years of teaching and pastoring and all the financial counseling I've done based upon the word of God, I have been blessed to pray with thousands of individuals as they accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Most of those who became Christians began to seek the Lord and started to prosper in their body, in their soul, and in their spirit. Now, however, it's important we understand that many have missed out on their spiritual prosperity because of a lack of interest in pursuing a closer walk with God. You see, some people get saved. That means they've given their life to Jesus Christ. They've accepted him as Lord and Savior. And they feel that that's it. That there's no need to grow any further. That they're a Christian. They're going to heaven. And so they've got their bases covered, if you will. And they don't need to pursue God any longer. They don't really need to chase after the things of God. So they just don't ever grow. They become what I call baby Christians. They've found Jesus. They're going to heaven. And they're really not interested in getting closer to God and knowing more about the things of God and knowing about how God will guide and direct their lives. These are Christians that that think that when their life ends and they go to heaven, that that's all that really matters. But what's sad is that they're robbed of all the prosperity that they can have here on earth, not only spiritual prosperity, but quite frankly, financial prosperity and prosperity in every single area of their life. So what what a loss, What, what a sad thing to think that people 
become Christians, and that opens up the windows of heaven. That opens up a blessing that they can't even contain. When they receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, then the Holy Spirit resides in their life, in their heart, and then he guides and directs them in the decisions they make and helps them through life. He's their strength. He's their support. He provides peace that passes all understanding that will guard their heart and their mind in Christ Jesus. When they receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, now they have a new understanding of the Word of God. They can get the Bible out and read it, and the Holy Spirit will help them understand what they're reading and then bring to them parts of Scripture that will help their life. I like to talk about having our favorite scripture. A lot of people will tell me that they don't necessarily have a favorite scripture because they, they like them all. Well, that, that's fine and that's wonderful. But there's a lot of favorite scriptures that became my favorite because I read them and then I saw the results of reading them. For example, one of my favorites is found in Proverbs 3, 5. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. Now, that is one of my absolute favorite scriptures. And the reason it is, is because I've had times when I needed to trust the Lord more than any other time. I had times when I really desperately needed to know that God was in charge and that what I was going through, that I would trust him to take me through it. And he always did. And so then maybe something else would come up in my life where I had a financial decision to make or I was facing some kind of a physical problem and I would go to the word of God, as we should all do, and get some additional strength. Now, let's take Proverbs chapter three again and just read a little bit more because this one, this particular chapter in the word of God, Proverbs chapter three, and I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, gives such great guidance and direction when it comes to our finances and also in other areas of our life. But let me just read a couple more verses here. Verse 7 on chapter 3, verse 7. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then it says in verse 8, Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Then in verse 9, just keeps, I can't, once I start reading chapter 3, it's hard to put it down. Verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. You see, on and on as we read through there, we're getting instruction, guidance, and we're getting directions. And when that happens, we're getting spiritual prosperity into our life. And that spiritual prosperity will then be translated, I believe, into financial prosperity into our life. And we'll learn to think differently, to act differently, to spend differently, to save differently, to give differently. It's because we're growing spiritually. But if we're not growing spiritually, then we're really hurting our chances of having financial prosperity in our life. You know, when we think about everything that the Lord has for us in prosperity and in prospering, it's sad to see how many people seldom seek spiritual growth and prosperity. So I just like to end this part of this particular session stating that we all need to seek spiritual prosperity and then watch and see, wait and see that God will bless us openly. He'll bless us so that we can start to experience the financial prosperity that is one of our goals in life. In my book entitled Generosity, What's in it for me? I have a list of things that I felt were very crucial, very important to understand how we can be blessed financially. And I believe there's a misunderstanding in the area of prosperity and a misunderstanding in the area of generosity because some people can't understand how can you be generous and give what you have away and yet still be prosperous and receive. 
They've lost the concept of the idea what the Word of God tells us is give and you shall receive. So if we have a goal of prosperity or bust, then we're locking out the opportunity of receiving God's blessing because of the fact that does not include giving. And if prosperity or bust is our only goal, then giving will not be a part of our plans and our actions. And if we don't give, then we can't receive. Now, let me explain how that works. We've Many of us have had children. We were blessed to have two children. My wife and I have a son and a daughter. And now we're blessed to have six grandchildren, three grandsons and three granddaughters. But one thing that's been the same with our children and our grandchildren is that they like to receive. When they're young and when they're immature, then their goal in life is to receive. One of the first words that we all learn as a child is, me or mine or no. And when we learn that, it's because we have a selfish mentality when we're a little kid. When we're two or three years old or four years old and we're eating a candy bar or ice cream or whatever it might be, and someone goes and wants to have a part of that, many times we pull back and want to keep it to ourselves and hold it because we don't understand that giving will produce a blessing in our life. And so if, if we're born that way, then how do we change? Well, some people never do change. And yet other people change and they all of a sudden understand the mindset of being a giver. I know in my own personal life, I was a very selfish, very self-centered little boy. I think until I was probably the age of 10 or 12 years old, I was very protective of what I had. I didn't want anybody else to have it. And I wanted what other people had. And it was a terrible life and I wasn't very happy. I wasn't a Christian. My parents had not accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So we were not really a Christian family in the true definition of what Christianity is. Good people and nice people and all that. But the bottom line of it was we had not made a commitment to Jesus Christ. I didn't understand at that age the benefits of giving. And now later in life, as I became a Christian and gave my life to Jesus Christ, and then I got married, and then I had children, I realized that giving was going to become a very important part of my life. So in order to receive financial blessings, I had to learn how to give. And you know, one of the nicest blessings I've ever had was when I learned how to tithe, when I learned how to give a tenth of my income to the church. I can remember my wife and I were new Christians. We were wanting to do everything that God had for us. We wanted to see what he wanted us to do and how he wanted us to live and what our life should be like and what we should focus on and what we should get out of our life and all that stuff. And we went to church and my wife was wanting us to start tithing, which is giving 10% of our income to our local church. And I wasn't too excited about it. Matter of fact, I said, well, we'll just give them a little money here and a little money there, and that'll be the end of it. But she said, you know, I really want us to give 10% of our money to the Lord right off the top. And that's what the Bible teaches. Now, some of you already turned me out because you think that tithing's wrong and tithing is Old Testament and tithing is not a, a premise that we should teach today. Well, I have to disagree with you because I believe if you give, it shall be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over that God will pour out a blessing on us. And so anyway, she wanted us to give, and I wasn't too excited about it, but we went to church one night, and there was an evangelist, and he was preaching a sermon, and the sermon had nothing to do with tithing, had nothing to do with money or finances, and in the middle of his sermon, he stopped. He said, the Holy Spirit is speaking to me right now, and I need to stop what I'm saying and, and talk to someone here. I don't know who you are, but there's a person here. There's a young man in here who is struggling with tithing. 
His wife wants to tithe, but he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to give 10% of what he has to the church. Now, this guy wasn't asking for any money for himself. As a matter of fact, he said, and I don't want your tithe money to give to your church. If you want to give me an offering, it has to be above your tithe. I don't want to take money from the church. And he really had a great concept about giving. And he said, but I just want to let this young man know that I believe the Lord wants you to start tithing and that he's going to bless you in ways you've not even known about. So I'm just going to leave you with that word now. You can do that or ignore it, but whatever. And he went back to his message. Now, I don't know what he was talking about, but I did hear what he said when he said there's a young man struggling with tithing. That was me. That night I went home and I talked to my wife and I said, you know, honey, I really believe the Holy Spirit used him to tell me that we need to start tithing. And my wife smiled and she was so happy. She said, honey, I'm I just know that God's going to bless us if we do that. So we did. And within about a week or two, I was able to adjust our budget, find out things that we could cut out and things that we could change and change a little spending habits so that we could give 10% of our income. Now, that happened about, I don't know, just a few months after I became a Christian, which has been a long time. And since then, my wife and I have always been believers in tithing and giving to the Lord, and He has always blessed us. I never regret any of the tithe money that I've ever given to the work of the Lord. And I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit has helped me to do that. And then I've known that God has been open and willing to bless me openly because I'm being faithful to give according to what his word says. You know, I got to extend this word on giving. I'm not going to talk about giving in the sense of money, but I, I really love the word giving or to give. And in my book, Dealing with generosity, I've got several chapters in there that talk about the subject of giving. I've got one chapter entitled Give and You Shall Receive. There's another that says Giving Produces Growth. Another one says Give Respect Generously. Another one says Give to Begin Generosity in Your Life. The other one says To Give or Not to Give. And it goes on and on. It talks about it. Now, it's all it's not all about just giving money. It's about giving of ourselves and of our lives and to help people and to give of our time and give of our talent. So if you want to prosper financially, I think we, we all need to sit down and say, Lord, I may not have a lot of money to give, but I've got time. There's one thing that we all have the same amount of, and that's the same amount of time in each day. I don't care how rich you are or how poor you are. We all have the same amount of time. There's 24 hours in every day. And we are going to sleep six or seven or eight of those hours each day. We're going to work maybe eight hours or nine hours every day. And we're going to have a certain amount of time left over. And so with that time, we should learn how to be generous and give of our time to bless the work of the Lord. I believe spiritual prosperity includes a heart to give to others and to give of our time and our talents and of our finances. So it's crucial that we understand if we want to be financially successful, we want to have financial prosperity in our life, we need to understand that one of the keys is to give. And the extension of that giving is to give generously. And so we're going to be talking about generous living and stuff down the road. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be doing an entire series probably in a couple of months dealing with generosity and it will not be a teaching on just asking you to give money and give money and give money because you know I never asked you to give me anything I've never asked anyone here to send finances to my web page or somehow track me down and figure out a way to put money in my pocket I don't ask for that I really don't believe that's what the role of this podcast is all about but I like to teach you the importance of learning how to be a giver. And I think we'll get into that and talk about generosity. And I believe it's going to bless you. 
As a matter of fact, this might be a good time to mention that if you're interested in any of the other teachings that I have available, you can always go to my webpage entitled davidcfriendauthor.com. And if you go there, you'll find references to other books that I've written. One is entitled Generosity, What's in it for me? Kind of a play on words, but a very, I believe, a very important way to look at generosity. Another book that I've written is entitled Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. And that's another book that deals with the understanding of how to get out of debt and understanding that God wants to bless us and he does not want us to be a servant to the lender, to those people that have some kind of control over our life because they loan money to us. Another book I've written are a couple on Vietnam. One is entitled Vietnam Before, During, and After a Young Man's Journey. And if any veterans are out there, you might find it interesting to listen to that. It's a story of a young man's life. That's mine. Dealing with before Vietnam, during Vietnam, and then when I came home from Vietnam. Another book on Vietnam has to do with how to deal with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, and Agent Orange physical problems that have come on our life. And that book is entitled Vietnam, Agent Orange, and PTSD. I believe it'll be a blessing to you. And finally, there's another book on my webpage entitled, it's about faith. It's entitled, Receive Everything from What We Call Nothing. It has to do about the idea that just because you don't have something doesn't mean that you cannot get it. It talks about the story of God blessing Abraham and said, I want you to be the father of many nations. And Abraham said, but, but God, I can't. My wife and I can't have children. He's, he's in his 90s. His wife was 90. And he said, how can we possibly have children? And God basically was saying, I'm going to bring forth something in your life that isn't as though that it is. And that's a book on faith. And so I'll be talking about that. Matter of fact, I believe that'll be the next series I'll be reaching out to you on that'll be happening in about a month or so. So with that, I'm going to just close this with a quick review. Today, we talked about prosperity or bust, and it's important we understand that the attitude about prosperity cannot be one of, I'm going to get rich no matter how or whatever it takes or whatever I have to do, but that we should put our trust in God to bring forth that financial blessing. And the only way that'll happen is to first start with spiritual prosperity, which will then lead to, I believe, financial prosperity. If you would like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do that on cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. And in addition to that, you can contact me at davidcfriendauthor.com. And in addition to the material I talked about that I've written, there's also information there on a monthly newsletter that you could click on to and receive a monthly newsletter on financial issues, I believe that'll help you in your walk with God and in your desire to prosper financially. Now, let me just close with this. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. My next episode is entitled Steps to Prosperity. I believe the Lord has given me several steps that we can all take to move in the direction to receive financial prosperity in our life. So until next time, I pray that God will richly bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in. See you next time.